you have divinely found Awaken Your Sacred Soul System, the Summer Series with Kate Dunnell. This series promises more joy, inspiration, and an opportunity to connect with your sacred soul system. Join me this summer and beyond for interviews, high vibe processes, and practical ways to live spiritually from soul with complete and utter love for you. Let's take a collective breath, a pause, a moment for you. I hope you enjoy this energetic, uplifting and inspiring series with me, Kate Darnell. This beautiful episode of the Summer Series with Kate Tunnell is proudly recorded and produced on Birupai Country. I'd like to acknowledge and pay my deepest respects to the traditional custodians of this land, their elders, past, present and emerging. Welcome back, incredible humans, to another episode of Awaken Your Sacred Soul System, the Summer Series with Kate Tunnell. I have a divine guest for all of us here today. This week I spoke with Katie Rainbird from My Home Body. This divine human is so much more than a nutritionist, although this is primarily why you would visit Katie via the Home Body or My Home Body found at the Home Body. It's all in the show notes. I think you are going to love this episode because Katie shares her story of how she found her, I'm going to call it her sole purpose this lifetime. Um, We get a little bit vulnerable at the end, which, you know, always makes life more golden. And we celebrate too that we're here in 2022, living and being and striving to be the best most divine version of all of us. I have known Katie for, oh my goodness, I stumbled across her inspirational pages probably, I'm going to say seven or eight years ago now. So Katie's been a dear friend of mine for a long time, but also a total inspiration when it came to caring for me and my babies. So it's with deep gratitude and joy that I share this conversation with you all. Enjoy. Oh, hello, Katie Rainbird from the Homebody. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the summer series. Um, Katie. Um, just- yeah, and you're in a jumper and I'm in a thermal. I know. So I'm so glad you pointed that out. I've actually got my tracky dacks on. We yeah. are definitely um closing down the summer series here like there's probably only a few more weeks left but this is very rare well and we're not going to jump straight in and talk about climate change but this is very rare for summer oh, no, right it's nice and snuggly it's it's completely no because my son just turned five this week and the day that I had him was a rainy February day and then three days later it was a 42 degree day True. Um, it's very common um, to have that little taste of the season that's coming 
you know, and then you'll like swing wildly back into the season that you're in before you kind of sort of slide slide in and get settled. So, I mean, I don't feel like there's anything to be alarmed about right now. Thank you, Katie. And this is why you're on the show, because you will always ground me back into the present moment of going, <laughs> it's all exactly as it needs to be, which is what I'm always singing about. So thank you. Um, and you're right, we are getting a beautiful snuggly taste this Sunday morning. I thought we'd paint the um, paint the picture. I'm sipping my El Grey tea, which always reminds me of Katie Rainbird. Um, and we are um, here to chat all things the homebody and really taking a holistic approach of taking care of us, which includes the seasons. Um, and Katie is just a complete, mm, I don't want to call you a guru because I know you wouldn't like no. to be called that, um, but just a very wise woman when oh, it comes to sharing um, all things health and nutrition. Um, and you know, it's really what I love about your work is that you keep it so simple and it's so um, it's so easy for people to really just, you know, chuck in some simple tweaks in the kitchen or in the way they move their body to live a more holistic and well life. So celebrating that and all things you, Katie, what got you into becoming a nutritioner? Oh, hang on. Nutritionist. <laughs> when we said, I'm like, Katie, are you a nutritionalist? She's like, well, you could say it like the three-year-old or you could say yeah. nutritionist. You can just call me a, a nut. Okay, Katie the nut. <laughs> when, I, when I was at college, we, um, well, I actually worked in the administration department of the college um, in my final year and we used to shorten all of the modalities. So it was nuts for nutritionists, nats for naturopaths, you know, for example. Um, what got me into studying nutrition? Well, back in 2004, I met my now husband and I had just turned 25 and I was working in an office in the city, just doing a pretty bog standard reception position. I was very comfortable in that job. I'd been there for um, four years at that stage and I knew all the clients and I had a good relationship with my boss. He was a bit of a father figure. Um, I wasn't earning a lot of money, but enough to pay my rent and go out for, you know, Thursday night payday drinks with my peers. And then I met Paul, who is my husband now. And, um, you know, we dated, we moved in together. And then it was 2000 and six where one night we were sitting and sharing a bottle of red wine he worked in hospitality and he didn't used to get in till about half 11 midnight most nights of the week and um you know sometimes I'd wait up for him and so we were sitting around and I don't know how it came up but I said to him that I wished I had have, had it studied um because I knew that I was capable of more than I was doing and I, I felt like I'd missed the boat, that I'd been raised as second last of seven children. And so my mother's modus operandum was, you need money, you know, like we cannot afford, like basically when all of us hit 14 years and nine months, which is the legal age to work, she'd be like, get a job. Like I'm, <laughs> I actually remember the day that the Sydney Olympics was won, um, you know, the winner is Sydney. Um, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that morning, my mum said to me, Catherine, don't 
get the school bus wait home for me and I thought oh gosh you know what's mum got in store and um because she used to work a before and after school job so she picked me up and drove me to the supermarket where one of my brothers was a nighttime baker because she'd found out they had a job there and she made me go and hand in an application before school and I didn't want to I hated her for it um I really hated her for it. I cried on the on the car ride back to school. I, I think I might have gotten out of the car and just slammed the door, you know. And then I got to school late, which is so embarrassing when you're a teenager. And my mum, I mean, I was her sixth child. So by that stage, she didn't care about any of <laughs> she She's not going to care if you slam the door. She's like, oh, no, nice but she also, I, if I had my children late to school, I would walk them into the office, speak to the office people hand in a note explaining the absence like it was a dentist appointment or we had a rough morning at home or something and make it not embarrassing but you walked you walked into school an hour late with nothing (laughs) so anyway thank goodness that morning was actually PE so my class was on the oval all going nuts because we just won the Olympics so no one really noticed I was late I just walked in and joined the melee anywho so I'm getting a little bit backtracked here, but loving it. Keep going. I'm explaining why I didn't know that I could study still at the age of 25. I literally thought it was primary school, high school, uni, and then you got a job. Like I didn't know that there were other ways to do things. So I figured that because I didn't go to uni, that that was it for me. I just had to figure out how to earn money, hop, job hop, try to get promotions and work my way back then at the age of 25 I guess my thought process was the next step up from a receptionist is a personal assistant you know and then after being a personal assistant maybe like a team leader or something and then I could be one of those like corporate girls who walks around in pencil skirts earning like $80,000 a year right that's just what I thought and then I was I was going to meet someone and I was going to get married and have babies and I was going to put them in daycare and go back to work three days a week because that's just the model I saw around me, you know, didn't know you could actually just design your life. Um, so straight out of high school, I went to TAFE and I just did a business skills course. And then I got a job in an office. And then I just did that thing where you just, you get jobs in offices and you leave when they get a bit shit. And then yeah. And you're just planning your life of pencil skirts and, you know, children in daycare, which. Yeah, I know. Katie has three children who she homeschools, P.S. So then you had this night with Paul. I had a night with Paul. So, and I said, and I was quite emotional because I was feeling a little bit, um, I don't know. I was just feeling, I could feel that I had potential that I wasn't, uh fulfilling and he is older than me okay he's lived a lot before me um and he was like you can study and I was like what no I can't I didn't go to uni he's like you can you can go and study you can be a mature age student and I was like what's that you know because my house was not academic okay we were all clever enough to get through school without needing tutors and things we just we just we're under the radar. We went to school. You didn't really have a lot of problems. There was no principal meetings or teachers concerned. Like my mum was pretty happy. We went to school. We had friends. And then we got jobs when we were teenagers. And then we got 
better jobs and then we left home and then she was like hooray one more's gone so it, there was never like when I was in year 12 all of my friends were obsessed with which uni they were going to apply to I've got to get this I've got to get this in my year 12 exams I've got to get this particular mark so I can get into this uni and do this course and I used to tune out at those conversations I had no concept of of being in in uni so it was this revolutionary idea to me that I could study that I could just study and I was like wow you know it it, it was like being a kid in a toy store after hours like wow I can play with any of these toys you know so then we actually did a little brainstorm of all the things that I liked and all the things I was good at and it came down to three dream jobs <laughs> so they were a journalist because I do like to write and I do like to chat um a comedian a stand-up comedian <laughs> that was on the list I'm not shooting you um and then I had started taking better care of my health by this time I'd started running I'd done a I'd done a, a long distance run and I'd started really being interested in health and fitness and Paul said to me you know you really are interested in your health and your fitness so maybe you could study something to do with that and he threw that one in the ring and after that I started looking into all the ways that you could be those things so I had a look at what it takes to be a journalist and I had a look at um what journalists usually end up doing when they graduate. Like, this is how thorough I am, I'd like deep dive. And I realized that, you know, it's one of those kind of fame jobs where you think you're gonna be the anchor, you know, and you're gonna have your name everywhere and, and, and get to work from home and like sit in little cafes and like type and drink endless cups of coffee. And I was like, yeah, that is just, not going to happen like you know I'll probably just end up working at some community publication photocopying stuff and running coffees you know no I was like no I'm going to keep my writing for me I'm going to enjoy it I don't want to have to try to make money from writing because then it's going to make me hate writing so that was scratched off the list and a stand-up comedian <laughs> yeah it was I just on the list so then I had to go and explore. anything I love it I love that it was on the list I am funny, but I can't be as funny as I am on the socials because I'm very rude. <laughs> like if I was a stand-up comedian, I would tell those jokes that I would get cancelled for. Um, I tend to really align with, you know, the sentiments of like Ricky Gervais, who's like, everyone's always offended and you can't be offended because everything is funny. It's all funny, you know. But not anymore. No. Apparently. Not allowed to laugh about the absurdity of this human experience anymore. So I had to look into what it takes to be working with food. What do you do? Do you cook food? Do you what? And so, I mean, I was raised going to naturopaths, mind you. So this mm. is what we had done. My mother, growing up in the Blue Mountains of Sydney, would very rarely take us to GPs because there were so many of us and she had a lot of experience dealing with sickness, I guess. She was at that point of parenthood where she was confident knowing that most things passed. Her rule was if they're not better in three days, then they go to a doctor. Because, you know, you watch and wait and you get used to it. You get used to seeing your kids sick and then you 
you become familiar with the timeline and you kind of your mother's instinct it tells you when to act so I really very rarely went to actual GPs but most of the time we were taken to naturopaths um, and they all had home practices um, so the waiting room would be their lounge room and their clinic space would be the spare room and they were always very stereotypically what you would think of as a naturopath you know quite bosomy long hair sometimes tied into a low bun very little makeup um, the walls of the rooms were filled with certificates and you know qualifications they would always have a dispensary behind their desk where you could see the brown bottles it always smelled like herbs um, and because I was born in 79, so I was a child in the 80s, it was very 80s day call. You know, there were some remnants of like shag pile carpet left behind. And so deep in the recesses of my mind, I kind of sort of remembered that. Mm. And I was like, oh, I think I want to be one of those hippie diet people. Because I'd gone and I typed in dietitian. And it had taken me to Sydney Uni website and I'd looked at the course outline and I'd realised that I needed to do a bridging course to apply because I hadn't done enough science in high school. And I was like, wow, I have to take a bridging course in a science before I can even apply. And then I have to study all this public health stuff, statistics and that. And then I have to go work in an aged care home. And I thought, I don't, that's not really landing for me, you know. So... Oh, I kind of left it for a bit. And then I was at work and I was having a chat to one of my colleagues about how my boyfriend said that I should study and I wanted to study kind of sort of like a naturopath, but not really a naturopath. And she said, oh, I love this place called Nature Care College in, in St. Leonard's. I go there to get student massages because they're cheap, right? It's the clinics. Um, and they do all sorts of courses there. And I was like, oh, cool. So when I got home, I typed it into the internet, popped up. The website, you know, sold me instantly because it's got like purple and all hippie symbols, you know, like their logo was quite, quite natural. And um, the description of the courses all sounded wonderful. And I thought, yes, I will go there. <laughs> yes. So... I rang up the next day and I booked a student appointment and Paul drove me the next week. We always joke that we should have known from that first day that it was going to be expensive because he got a parking ticket whilst I was in my student appointment. Because <laughs> it is expensive. Like mm. I used to get the brochures. I lived behind the, um, behind the Roselle. Was that the same one, the Nature's Care College there? Did they ever move there? It was a similar one, but uh, no, you might you might be thinking of Nature's Energy. Might have been, but they were sure. they were cool. There was maybe that's where I saw the brochures. Yeah, they do. They there was, do. Um, yeah, they're still they're still. They had really cool courses, and but they always like ah, took my breath away. Um, yes, with the investment which, because it's a private college. Yeah, so, you, you know, have to you have to find the bucks. You have to truly hang commit. out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the time that I studied there, they still um, offered 
degrees as well. So they had a degree in naturopathy, a degree in Western herbal medicine, and it may have been a degree in homeopathy. They didn't have a degree at nutrition level. The highest you could do was an advanced dip, but then you could articulate after if you wanted. And I actually did articulate and into a, um, a Bachelor of Health Science at the end of my studies, but I only did one semester because I had a baby. Um, so I went to the student appointment, lovely offices. You know, there was a gong at the front desk. And the guy who ran the front desk was this quirky, wild-haired character. He was just, you know, they broke the mould when they made him. And when I actually did end up working for the office like two years into studying there, he would just occasionally bang that gong and would go gong and reverberate around the office and everyone would have to stop and, like, bring themselves to their centre. So, okay, so... I went to this appointment and, you know, I hadn't been to school keeping in mind by this stage for 10 years. So I felt really foreign in a learning environment. Um, I'm a really, um, I'm really hard on myself. I am, I expect no less than perfection from myself. And so I tend to, avoid new experiences not because I'm scared of doing them or because I don't think I can do them but because I want to do them the best straight away so I'm yeah I'm on to it though but you know back then I was only just at the cusp of my satin return mm-hmm. right 27 um starting something new what does it all mean what am I here to do um let's shake things up a bit so I decided to dip my toes in by enrolling into a summer school course because this was towards the end of the year. And one of the um, modules in my diploma was being held across summer school. And I thought, okay, I'll do that. I'll get a feel for the school and for the teachers. And then if I'm into it, I'll, I'll enroll into all the first year subjects. And honestly, I swear, like, see, all of this was divinely guided too, because um, that summer school course was counselling 1A. So all of the therapists, or I don't know if the massage therapist students have to do it, but all of the ingestive therapies, so nutrition, naturopathy, herbal medicine and homeopathy, part of their course, whether it's a dip, advanced dip or um, a degree, have to do one year of counselling skills because you are working Mm. Okay. Mm. You know, I get clients, I tell you, they cry. I'm actually thinking of next year when I have to do my CP of doing some talk therapy skills so I can actually branch out and offer that too because a lot of my clients cry with me because, you know, it's never just about the food. It's never just about the diet or the little bit of weight or whatever it is. It's always the underlying reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you had we had to do counseling skills just not not to be able to offer ourselves as a counselor. You know that's against our um, like what we're registered for, but enough to be able to practice active listening, reframing, mm-hmm. and knowing when to refer, know when to refer. So I can say to someone, I hear your story, and I can help you with the diet and supplements, but I think it would be really wise for you to seek out someone you can talk to about this. You know. Um, 
because that's the ultimate goal of a whole person approach to healing is to have multimodality, you know, to have many different healing realms um, in the toolkit, you know, so you can go and get a massage from a massage therapist, you can go to your GP for your antidepressant medication, and then you can come and see me and I can flesh that out with diet and, and supplements. And that's the, for me, that's the ultimate goal of um, uh, health and Supporting. healing going forward is um, a multidisciplinary approach to medicine. I don't stand firmly in my camp in the sense that I issue all other um, ways of healing people because all of the ways of healing people shine where they shine. You know, if my child um, breaks a bone, am I going to say, here, have this collagen and this vitamin C and I'm going to rub some lavender oil on you? You'll be right. No, I'm going to send them to a doctor and have their bones set and they may even take some painkillers. But then as they're healing, I'll come in with the bone broths and the vitamin C and you know, so um, any who, I digress. Um, so my first taste. You no, know, Katie, you didn't digress just then. You actually highlighted exactly why you're on the show because yeah, right. together um, all of the modalities and all the people that are following that divine guidance that you've just referred to through sharing that story, mm. following that divine guidance that brings you to here now, having a home practice, having the home body and supporting so many humans to live a more holistic, wholesome, healthier life. Um, that all comes from acknowledging that everyone has a part to play in helping people. If, if yep. they, and the, the, is it the buck? The buck doesn't stop at any one place. Is that the saying? The buck stops you? I don't even know yes. why that's coming through. But like, you know, and I think for me and the the divine call to, get, to ask you to speak on the show is that, uh, as you know, everything that I do, all the work that I do comes back to having that complete and utter love for yourself and that complete and utter love for your soul. And truly one of the, the best ways that you can bridge and find that love for self and soul is with soul nourishing, healthy food, healthy choices, um, and ways that we can truly acknowledge um, and think about intentional living and what we're putting into our body, how, how we're treating um, our self, our soul, and this beautiful, precious physical body that can often come last, right? So, okay, that digression was perfect. That's what I wanted to say to that. Continue, okay. darling. You did the no, summer all school. Good. All good. It's good to hear you talk because I'm just yakking away. Love it. Um, yeah, so I did the counselling skills 1A. So 1A, 1B, 1C comprised, you know, the first full year. And it was with these two beautiful practitioners and one of them was trained in gestalt therapy. And my very first class at Nature Care, I was advised to take off my shoes and lie down. And we did a meditation and it was Bliss, 100,000 Angels. Mm. Do you know that song? Mm. And I was just crying. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to share that in the show notes. It's such a beautiful song. Oh, I freaking love that song. I tell you it, every time I hear it, I, I feel like there's a hundred thousand angels mm. and I just cried. I obviously had a lot going on and I found myself in this strange situation. I thought I was coming to study to be a nutritionist and here I was 
barefoot meditating before my very first lecture and um I had the most beautiful time at that course we did some great role play um and it was just the perfect way to be introduced to the college so by the time that the the year started I'd already become familiar with the campus and the cafeteria and where the bathrooms were and I obviously had met a few people I was going to be studying with but I think one of the benefits was that whereas I chose to do that course to get a taster, most of the people in that course were finishing off their studies. Mm. So this always works for me too, where I feel like I know a little bit more because mm. then I feel a bit more confident. So when I did sit in my first lecture, I'd kind of already been at the campus for a bit and I, it just helped me not to be so on edge, you know. Yeah, so I dove right in. Um, Nature Care operates on three 12-week terms and uh, obviously I couldn't work in an office environment anymore so I started waitressing on the weekends. So I went from like five days a week as a woman in my 20s doing what most young people in their 20s do to waitressing on the weekends and studying during the day. Like I had this delayed onset um study experience you know um which was nice for me because I never really got to have that when I was like 19 20 21 you know I was straight into the office so it was kind of fun to be living student life but without being young and quite foolish you know mm. um because I was able to really throw myself into my studies because uh, I wasn't really focused on because I I did work in bars and, you know, um, the uni students are always just burning the candle at both ends, just drinking and partying and then getting up for lectures. And so I don't know how much of their studies they actually managed to assimilate. So <laughs> I think it's quite wise to wait till you're older before you pick something to study anyway, because then you're really going to dedicate yourself to it, you know, get the mm -hmm. most out of it. Yeah. So it was a three-year full-time diploma. So I should have been 2007. I should have finished studying at the end of 2009. However, I got married and had my first baby in 2009. So I um, did my final year. It took me two years to do my final year. Um, and I did most of it from home. I did most of the theory from home. I had to go in for clinical course because it's physical. Um, so my final year subjects, I broke them down across two years and I was again at the time I felt bad about that because I was like oh, I'm lagging behind and everyone's graduated and they're going into practice now and here I am like up at one o'clock in the morning doing assignments because I have a baby and but it, it was a blessing because I was able to really just slowly digest that final year information and just take my time with it um yeah so I finished studying all theory in 2011 and then I had a bit of clinic left over that I finished in 2012. Wow. Yeah so from 2006 to 2012 really the whole adventure of I think I want to study I don't know what to study I'm going to study yeah so I graduated in 2012. By that my, that year my daughter was going to be turning three so of course we were thinking of another baby mm. right 
So I had a crossroads because I was like, well, I'm graduated. I should probably practice, but I've got this toddler and we kind of sort of want to grow our family. So um, I decided just to keep studying because I knew I could study and have babies because I'd done it by then, you know, and that's when I articulated into um, a Bachelor of Health Sciences. Um, but it was a lot. I had to write a dissertation and I was feeling very overwhelmed. And I rang one of my favorite lecturers that I studied under at college. And I'd said to her, can I pick your brain? You know, I'm doing this um, bachelor pathway so I can have a degree and it's a lot of work. And, you know, do you think that I should continue with it? And she said to me, well, why are you doing it? And I said, so I can have a degree in case the Australian government ever changes like practice policies for natural therapists, you know, and says they have to be minimum degree qualified or whatever, like just to cover my butt. And she said, no, just join your professional association and stay a member. Don't ever let your membership lapse. You'll always be grandfathered in unless you take a position where a degree is necessary, in which case you can do it then. It was the best advice. Ah, so good you called. Yeah. Because yeah. to be honest, Kate, a lot of the most wise um, practitioners who lectured at college, who had thriving practices and were quite well revered in the industry, they had graduated in like the 80s with a diploma. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they were clinic supervisors because they had 20 years of clinic experience under their belt they knew so much more than just the materia medica. Mm-hmm. They knew how to read a person, how to tell what, what was going on. Um, and so I never, I don't really care about letters behind names. I really don't. Um, I know for myself, if I was looking for a, a particular therapy and I had to choose between the multi-degree qualified young person wearing like, smart clothes looking like they've got it all going on and the kind of time weathered wrinkly kind eyed elderly person in the corner I know where I'd go to have a Mm. chat (laughs) I really do yep um yeah so I was like thank god you know because I really needed someone to just say it's okay you can stop doing this um yeah so I made it a goal to always stay registered. I never one year let it lapse. I've always kept my points, which means I've spent thousands of dollars on continued professional education um, and insurance year in and year out, even when I haven't had a single client. Like, Wow, that's commitment. Mm. Commitment. Yep. But I've learned a lot because I've had to do my CPE. I've done like aromatherapy, iridology. I've done nutrition for teenagers, nutrition for the uh, lifespan I've done the psychology of eating I've done psychoneuroimmunology like I've added all these little bits of extra uh, knowledge to my skill set so I can apply it when I need to um, so it's worth yes. it yes so would you say so you can apply it intuitively because I know that you do have a really gentle and intuitive approach to um, working with your clients which is mainly um, it's all online right at the moment is it yeah your clients yeah so do you do you bring that obviously you have your tools 
and you have your qualifications. Mm. How do you um, trust in you and allow like the intuitive approach to come in? Is that where some of the listening and counseling stuff comes in or is that just, do you just know sometimes? Well, I, I don't want to sound like woo-woo. I hate that term so much. Um, also, though, remember that you're talking to Kate Darnell, whose whole profession is based on, again, I'm with you on the woo-woo and yeah. the stigma of woo-woo, but is based on like, allowing heart to lead. I don't know. What would we call that? I don't even know anymore. I think it should be woo-woo with an exclamation point. Like, woo-woo. woo-woo! Not woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. it should be like yeah. woo-woo. Um, someone, so what happens, Kate? I will tell yes. you. Yeah, right. tell me. Although I need to say this. Someone once said, Kate, you're so woo-woo. And I was so like, what? How could you even say that? How could you even call me that? Like, I am so beyond that. <laughs> anyway, yes. Tell me, no, Katie. But, but when, you're, when you are, when you When you just woo, are living. You don't. There's not a judgment. You don't separate I think. yourself from it. Yes. You know, it's not like someone corporate who also likes to do astrology and their mates laugh at them and like, oh, she's so woo-woo. It's like when you are the embodiment of the (laughs) woo-woo, you're like, what are you talking about? This is just me. I can't believe you just called me woo-woo. You don't consult with your guides before going places? (laughs) What even are you? Like I just, if your inner compass isn't like glowing goals, don't do it. Like does that make make me woo-woo? Okay, go, in a compass, like even something like I saying know, in a compass, right. people are like, what are you talking about? Did, did you swallow a compass? <laughs> <laughs> I will forevermore, just as I sip Earl Grey tea and think of Katie, well, when I say like, let's tap into the inner compass, I will <laughs> now have a visual because this is how my brain works of like this compass stuck in someone's throat and it's like gagging. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Yeah. It's gone down. It's gone down. And it's guiding them. It's guiding okay. them from their gut. Well, it depends on the person, right? The ones that are like, oh, you're woo woo. It's stuck in their throat. But that's another analogy that we'll use for another day. Katie, the, yes. so you, you get a little woo without being yes, woo. I do. Just you. Um, I actually, <laughs> when I was writing my about for my current website, I said to my husband, What do you think about this that I'd written? And he said, Oh, take the word intuitive out. Mm. It will deter people because I had written something along the lines of, um, you know, I'm qualified and I use um, latest evidence-based nutritional medicine in, you know, uh, coupled with, you know, a gentle and in- an intuitive approach. And I said, but that's how I work. Mm. He's like, people will see that word and they'll they'll be turned off. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I don't want those people, you know, but. I took his advice because um, I was unsure. So I just thought, well, I can add it back in if I want. But anywho, what happens for me is I start off all of my consultations by having a little chat and then I say, what can I help you with today, right? That's what I always ask people. What can I help you with today? I don't say, why did you make the appointment or like I don't ask specifically um, what what nutrition I say what can I help you with today because that's like so much broader and it might actually make them think that there's more than I can help them with than what they thought Mm. 
And when I was trained in case-taking studies, we were trained how to do it by the book, but we were also trained how to just listen. And I'll always remember one of my lecturers saying, look, I don't use a case-taking form anymore. She says, I just have my pen and paper and I start talking and listening and I just work my way from the head to the feet. She said, you don't really need a case-taking form if you just go from head to foot. So if the client has said that they have respiratory problems, then of course you're going to focus more on their respiratory tract and ask them more questions about that. But if you go by the case-taking form, you spend an hour talking to someone about all these systems and parts of their body that they didn't really want to talk to you about. You divert and you lose their focus. So you do have to capture the basics. You know, you have to mm. ask everyone about their toileting habits, about their sleeping habits, their energy levels, um, you know, if there's any significant standout maternal or paternal history, you know, family disease conditions that tend to be quite strong but you really want to stay focused on on what they want to talk to you about today so um I will often just scribble notes about things I notice but what happens for me is that all of a sudden almost like you know when you watch a movie and then at the end the credits roll usually on a mm. black background mm. and they just kind of roll up the screen all of a sudden I'll just get that with mm. the word or the so if I'm talking to someone and they've come to me and they've said oh I just want a bit of help um you know I'm I'm finished having babies and I'm I'm approaching you know the perimenopausal years or whatever and they they're talking a bit about that I might all of a sudden get like literally the visual of the word childhood mm. for example this is completely made up, by the way. Yep, yep, yep. And I'll think, okay. And then I find a way to address it. And then I'll see where it goes. And it's, it usually ends in tears, mm -hmm. <laughs> happy tears, cathartic mm -hmm. tears. And I'll then, then I'll say to them, I didn't tell you this, but I tend to work really strongly with my instincts whilst I'm taking your case notes. So I have to be honest and tell you that. I really felt strongly to ask you about your childhood and they'll mm. say, wow, that's amazing. So, cause I don't want them to book with me and, and think, oh, she's going to like do an intuitive reading. And it doesn't always happen as well. Like mm. it doesn't always happen, but when it happens, it's very clear. It's very strong and it's usually accurate. Mm. So I just wait, mm. but I do have a ritual before consults. Yes. So um, I set my space up. I set my intention. I apply a specific essential oil blend. I always say a prayer and ask that I'm able to be clear and present and receptive to anything that's important. So, you know, I do invite, I invited in. Mm. Yep. That's exactly what I do. What you just explained is exactly what I do. Mm. Yep. Yeah, trust that this session will be exactly as it needs to be for me and the person that's divinely guided here. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. And I actually, I don't know um, if I should, I don't know, I'll say it anyway, but I subscribe to a newsletter that's written by quite a prolific, um, prominent herbalist somewhere in America. He does a lot of courses. He's been on podcasts all over the place. And he 
in one of his newsletters a couple of years ago, and I've always kept this particular issue of his newsletter. Mm. He asked the question, should you pray for your clients? And I was like, because I was raised in a very religious family and I pray, I pray for myself still, even though I don't align with that particular religion, I do love the, um, the act of prayer. It's basically just affirmation, you know, or mm. um, intention. Yep. So, yeah, if I feel like that's appropriate, I, I, I do also incorporate that. I pray for my clients, not with them, but, you know, afterwards. I think, um, I think bringing that into your realm is like all that energetically, all that's going to do is give you and that person a more potent experience if they're, if they're open to that. Hmm. Yeah. The thing is too, is that, you know, I could have, I don't I don't have to include into my bio, I work intuitively because you know, yourself, you, know, you, your vibe attracts your tribe, whatever, um, Oh, you're you know, so woo, Katie. I know. I saw all these expressions. Hey, your vibe attracts your tribe. Again, um, again, it's true. It is absolutely true. But you're not allowed to say tribe. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing to be frightened of right now. Remember, it's like I didn't need to mention climate change because I have a jumper on in summer. It's fine. Um, um, yeah, we're all, we're yeah, all so good. Mostly the people who reach out to work with me are people who already understand to an extent what kind of dynamic exchange experience, whatever they, they're going to expect when they book a consultation with me. Um, yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, let me, for the first time, actually look down at what my, what my, little, my, what my little thoughts and questions were. Um, where else do we want to go? What else do you want to add, Katie, about the homebody and all things? Yeah, I haven't you? really. Um, well, to be honest, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you too. It's a bit, a bit of a vulnerable share. Go on. I, I was almost gonna cancel because I felt so nervous um, <laughs> to be like on a podcast because then people might actually listen, and oh, yeah. and then yep. people might That's actually hope. find me. You know, yep. I still have a lot of. Uh, yeah um I don't want to say fear because it's not fear but I I'm I'm a little bit hesitant to put mm. myself out there still but I am I push through I push through You're that yeah like, no no um just yesterday on my on my clinic Instagram page I shared a little bit about my uh approach to uh, nutrition in clinic um because I felt that I wanted to, I haven't really done that yet on my clinic page. And essentially, so when it comes to um, the homebody, it's actually, it's confusing. I know it's actually my homebody, but the the website, I couldn't get my. Yes. So I did notice that. I did, yeah. I did, I did some Googling. Um, yeah. You'll find Katie's site, thehomebody.com.au. Um, but your Instagram is my homebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just. I, I kind of like that though. I like that yeah. you type in the homebody and then when you get there, it says my homebody. Yeah. I just think that's really nice. So this was a very like intentional name. I mean, I have had other names um, as you know, cause you've known me for years, but one of the first things I did when I decided I wanted to work as a nutritionist, like earn money as a nutritionist, but I didn't really want to go into clinic yet because I had babies is I tried, to, I tried to be a blogger because at the time that was what was happening, you know, mm. 
people were blogging and they were doing ads and sponsored posts and things. And I thought that combines my skill set with my passion for writing. Remember, I thought I might want to do writing. I thought, perfect. And I actually had a lot of opportunities to make money, but I turned most of them down because I'd get food companies and children's supplements and things that always wanted me to write posts for them, but they were never products that I was using or would ever recommend. Mm. Um, and I did actually put my integrity first. So I really only earned money a few times through that blog because I was like, yes, I do get behind this product. I do get behind this concept. I mean, I wrote a couple of articles for the mushroom growers of Australia because um, they would do a campaign um, because there's a constituent of mushrooms that is actually anti-cancer. And so they would actually do a campaign around that breast cancer awareness time of the year. And they paid well. And so I was always happy to, to write for them, you know, because I was like, yes, I'd love to tell people why mushrooms are healthy. But those opportunities were few and far between. If I wanted to make money doing ads for kids, chewy gummies and mm. packets, snacks for the lunchbox, I could have, but I didn't. Um, and I had a different name then. So when it came time to do another website and have another name, I was like, what? My brainstorm was, was very big, you know, my vision board. And I was like, come on, Katie, you know, what do you actually represent? And the reason that I chose homebody is because I am a homebody. Okay. So I'm a Cancer Sun, Taurus Moon. And I've said, I want to make the home pretty and I want to feed you. <laughs> so I was like, that's cool because it has a double meaning. It's, you know, your body is your home, right? And the place that we can all start our healing journeys is at home, like literally within ourselves, but in our kitchens. My my biggest uh goals for my clients is to get back in your kitchen to get familiar with simple foods mm -hmm. you know another thing about being a blogger is that when I was in the food blogging realms it was all about you know the Instagram worthy pictures and the recipes you know the overhead shots of food the close-up shots of food the amazing list of ingredients, all the different ways that you could do meals. Um, and the reality is most people who follow food pages, they follow it for a bit of eye candy, you know. They're not really taking those recipes home and making them at home because everyone's lives are so busy, even if they don't have children, you know, because they're working long hours, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I felt very incongruent trying to do, you know, the amazing variety of foods and different recipes and ways that you could take something basic and tweak it up when I, that's not the way I lived. I lived like, well, I'm a stay at home mom. We're on one income. I have to stretch our grocery budget as far as it can go whilst keeping the food a easy to prepare and b as nutritionally sound as possible. So if I was to, I thought if I was to blog that way, that people would be really bored because they want the variety mm. and they want the beautiful pictures and um, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the editing skills. I wasn't a food photographer. I didn't have the budget to go and buy all of those foods to take those photos and then not actually eat them. Um, but it was very interesting to me to be in that space for a while because 
it, it was, again, you know, it was part of what shaped me. So when I came to launch another website years later, I thought, no, this time I'm just going to tell it like it is. It's about basic food as healthy as possible from your own kitchen. Mm, that you can literally see a photo of Katie's and very likely go into the kitchen and make a meal. And I'm telling you that from experience. Most people that know me well um, have been in the Kate Darnell room for a while know that Silas does most of our nutritional <laughs> nutritional um, delicious meals. And I am the cut up the veggie sticks and make a quick pasta, which is also very nutritionalist. Don't, nutritional, don't get me wrong. You can say nutritional. It's fine oh it doesn't even matter but um katie will inspire me because i'll stop my scroll and i'll go and literally chop up some chorizo and whack it in a pan with some tomatoes and cherry tomatoes and put it in a pasta and put some spinach and mushrooms in and have all of this beautiful con content yeah content ingredients um that please my family maybe not so much mushrooms with the girls um yet but please my family and it's because Katie just shared something quick and easy and achievable, achievable. That's my favorite one. We have a few Katie Rainbow bird meals, not going to lie. Oh, do you? Like, you still yeah. make that treat so pasta. See, I don't even do recipes yeah. anymore. I don't do yeah. I still make that. Well, it's, it's baby steps for me in the kitchen, it's Katie. It's a good one. It's, good it's one. yummy that. Um, yeah. So my homebody was about me being at home in my body and my body being in my home. And then the first image that came to mind was of, you know, like neighbours talking over the back fence, swapping produce. And I thought about, you know, um, a passion fruit covered vine, like um, along a fence, just, just suburbia, you know. And so that's why there's the vine and the funny thing is that the house we moved into in November, which I was really resistant to move because, again, being a Cancerian, I don't like any disruption to my home life. And But where we live now is covered with the passion. You literally walk under an arch of passion fruit vine to get into my home. It's quite uncanny. Um, yes. So because I, I was looking at your questions. Um, or oh, should you know, we move I, into them? Yeah, because yeah. they'll answer. They'll answer yeah. some I guess so. I so um, I've been asking every guest on the summer series. Um, I've kind of been saying, "What are you here for in 2022?" Actually, there's one to throw at you. What are you here for, for in 2022? Here for the revolution, baby. Baby, revolution. <laughs> baby. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just here in 2022. That in itself is an achievement. Yeah, <laughs> Katie Rainbird is here. <laughs> yes, Woo, we're all here. Well, we're but all honestly, here. everyone has to has to practice some grace and mm. ease because wow what a couple of years we've had no but for 2022 I'm here um so I'm done having babies I mean my youngest just turned five and I was just having a chat actually to someone who follows me um, on Instagram sent me a DM last night and she said to me how do you know when you're done having babies because oh god you know, we need another hour Katie no well here's the thing I said to her I'll read you my answer so I don't waffle do 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 here she is I said because she said to me I have three and the youngest is 18 months um how you came to the decision there was a lot more to her question but that was the gist of it and I said I felt the same when Johnny that's my five-year-old was mm -hmm. under two 
Because obviously, mm. you know, when the babies turn one, you fold away their little size double zeros and they start toddling, but they're still little and it's pretty intense. Mm. But once they're getting towards that second year, I know all three mm. of mine, I have felt that pull of like, oh, like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, you know, this child is growing up and there's no onesies anymore. And you start thinking, oh, do I have mm. that experience in me again? So I said to her, I definitely felt the way you're feeling when Johnny was the same age as your youngest, but I'm ready to follow the flow of life, you know, because it hasn't given me a fourth pregnancy like it, you know, um, and birth other creations. Um, mm -hmm. I'm 42 years old now. It's time to renew my energy and be juicy and creative in other ways. The womb is the center of creation for so much more than babies. Ah, it's so that was that's my 2021 in a message there. That was my 2021 healing and what will go into womb him when I finally birth it out into the world. Yeah, I remember is, talking to you about it. Is that an adventure into what's on the other side of yeah. family completion, inverted commas, or family just being or you just being. And for some people, and I've had, because I've had a lot of conversations about this, for some people you will never really know. You know, some people have that, I'm done ta-da we've we're finished and for some you might not that that feeling of complete might not come for a long mm. time but I but I do feel the the coming um feeling at peace with your womb and knowing that your womb isn't done uh, just because and, and this is for the people who haven't had any children as well that womb is a is a really precious important part of our bodies that you know mm. it's it's doing a lot of it's doing a lot of work even through into I know a lot of my listeners, we only recently had um, Kylie on the show and another sacred soul system practitioner, Nadine. They're talking about like even how you can honor your womb through and in menopause as a part of, you know, truly oh, honoring and loving yourself and loving the creative um, force that us as wom women, women are because of our womb space. So, oh, thank you for sharing that, Katie. And that yeah, 2022. That, um, yeah. The womb as a seat of creation, that those aren't my words exactly. I have a peer who is infertile, essentially. I don't know if she's infertile, but she's definitely struggled to conceive. And it was a post that she wrote a little while ago where she said, you know, the womb is so much more than uh, a creation centre for human life. It's a creative center for all of the things we can birth into the world. And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. because, and, you know, this is just acknowledging any listener you have who A, chose not to have children, who B, cannot have children or who C, doesn't identify as a woman or a birthing person. I guess, you know, you've got to be able to address that. There's so many reasons, you know, why a womb won't be, um, birthing a human but that does not render it um as a non-creative force it is a very creative force and absolutely so you know I was really struck by that sentiment when I read it from my my friend who hasn't had mm. children I thought you know it's quite redundant of us really to assume that we're done having babies and mm. and that's what we've done because you know there is these um seasons of life you know there's the maiden to the mother and then there's the crone right which is a pretty simplistic way of looking at it because there's so much in between but um 
look, if I found out I was pregnant, like without planning it, of course I would be um, welcoming of that experience. But um, I'm very uh, at peace with the children I've birthed and I'm so ready to, to birth more into the world. I'm so ready to, you know, what am I here to do? What am I here to offer? What else can I offer? How else can I mother? Mm. You know, because we get so we get, and I, I, I am not one for those, you know, when people say, oh, you know, you lose your identity to motherhood. Oh, you've got to take back your body. You've got to make sure that, you know. I found all those things, P.S. I found, I found my identity. I found my body. 100%. Yeah. I found my creative pleasure. I I started creating other um, businesses in the world. Yeah. And I was going to say, because I knew, I knew that you'd been, um, tussling with the idea of whether or not to have a third baby because we actually did have a chat about it and then when you said to me I broke up with gumboots by the sea I was feeling a bit stuck well I remembered that the reason you named it gumboots by the sea was because of your children and so I found that when you said it to me at the beginning of the potty I was like oh that's very symbolic that she decided to move on from that as 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 was my hair cut as was the you know the cutting that my hair I'd grown my hair as I became that nurturing mother loving and having those babies so cutting chopping off the hair stepping into Kate Darnell was really a reclamation of me and my womanhood separate Mm. from a a mother identity which is it's impossible to be separate from because yeah that that is all you know a big part of me well we all turn to the mother in some way shape or form of course um not just in that stereotypical role of of you know you are my mother or a mother figure whether it's an auntie or a close friend but there are so many other ways that we can mother and we can be mothered and Mm -hmm. so I definitely do not align at all with that sentiment of I've lost my identity to motherhood I I motherhood was a refiner's fire you know it was the catalyst for everything I am today and I'm not saying that I wouldn't be this way if I never became a Mm mum I just don't know what else would have lit those sparks to, you know, to light the way. So, um, right, yeah, what am I here for in 2022? I'm here to to step up and... Stop be, hiding, Katie Rainbow. Yeah, stop hiding in my little Cancerian crab shell. Yes, this is so and, exciting. So what makes life feel golden for you? Is it being in in clinic? Is it is it with your f- family at the park? What what's golden for you? Delicious food. Yeah, all of those things. But I, I mean, if I had to pick a moment that encapsulates when I feel golden, it would probably be when I'm out for a long run. As you know, I like to do long runs. So, um, because they're always such a a mental hurdle it's never really the physical like your legs sometimes get a bit sore or whatever but it's always the mental component of a long run Mm. you know anything over an hour I classify as a long run because you have to go through all of the um steps the the temptation to stop you know when you're hating it and then you push through and you're loving it and you feel really light on your feet um, every single time I go for a long run, I feel like I've been through an, in, an initiation. <laughs> it just reminds me of what I'm capable of and what I have in me. And it gives me a chance to think 
I've never really been good at meditating, but I've also dropped my expectation of what that is. I now know that you can meditate in many different ways. And so I really do find when I'm alone, but I'm doing something quite rote, mm. like the run, the action of running, it mm. helps me to be able to focus on my thought processes because what I'm doing with my body isn't that mm. complicated. Yeah, so I feel yep. golden when I'm taking care of myself and when I'm alone and when mm. I get a chance to consolidate my thoughts. Um, <laughs> yes. I really do like being alone. Um, I've always liked it. I like the darkness I like being up late at night I like um yeah I like being alone (laughs) yeah here's here's to alone time um living life sacred what does that mean to you Katie Rainbird from the homebody Slash my I find that one, one tricky to answer because for me the word sacred really just instantly brings a lot of my religious upbringing to the front of my mind. You know, ah, that's saying? interesting. Let, yeah, yeah, we'll clear that for our listeners too in case anyone, well, I mean, you're, we're listening to the Awaken My Sacred Soul System. Yeah. So, yes, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess, you know, for your listeners this time, oh, God, I'm going to cry. Um, Happens all the time, babes, just like being in one of your sessions. Because this time last year I was very much walking with with my mother to the end of her life. And, yeah, she died on March the 20th, 2021. So this time last year she was weeks from dying and she was weeks from dying. It wasn't literally nursing her. Yeah, just journeying with her to the, the, I couldn't go any further, but she could. Mm. Um, And it's just reframed you know, what does that mean? You know, like, what am I here for? It's more, there's so much more I could say, but I'm really just here to live and to enjoy the simple things and to be of service where I can. And what makes my life feel golden is just the fact that I have one, you know, I'm no longer really um, aiming for anything bigger and, and better. I'm just happy to be with what I have, the humble things that I have and what living life sacred means to me is noticing all of the um, the immensely beautiful things that are just around you all the time and thinking, I like, okay, I guess my best answer to that question would be, you know, to to just lean into your craft, you know. I, I love when I see people do things, even if they're um, that's not what they do. Like I love it when someone writes a poem on social media, but they're not a poet. And I love it when someone shares like a creation that they've made, but that's not what their skill set like officially is. I love seeing people try things. I love seeing people do things that they feel passionate about and share it. I get so inspired by people who just turn up and have a try. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not someone who's motivated by the person who's already successful at what they do. I'm motivated by people who just freaking give things a try and go, oh my gosh, I was actually kind of good at that. I love that shit. Like I just get Mm -hmm. so inspired by people um, remembering that we are all musicians and we are all poets and we are Mm -hmm. all craftsmen Mm -hmm. and we are all bakers and 
we are all all dancers yes Yes. all of us yes yes Um, Yes. I just love that so much Mm. um so I'm just trying to be more of that you know just in my own life though I don't really share as much as I used to online um but just in my own life you know Katie Rainbird, thank you for that very, very sacred, vulnerable, true response. And thank you for your honesty and the potency of all things you today. Oh, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry because I thought I might. So I didn't even put tissues near because I was like, no, don't invite me. Oh, I, I cannot believe <laughs> there's that perfectionist. <laughs> um, well, I thank you for your time and I thank oh. you for your very sacred and precious tears because I know that the people who have pressed play and found this podcast need this, you know, the inspiration of just being human more and just being more of them without doing anything more really is what will make life more sacred and help them live more aligned to the fullness that is them. So I love you and I love you and I love you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, wisdom and very vibrant um self and soul oh it's absolutely my pleasure thank you for inviting me to have a chat I didn't even really talk much about um the nutrition side of things which is great actually um but I hope that the message came across that I'm just I'm here I'm here for the everyday person I'm here for the for the person who just wants a little little guiding hand a little you know what you don't have to take all the supplements you don't have to have the cleanest diet let's just Let's just slowly, gradually tweak things here, tweak it there, you know, um, get get accustomed to some different ways of doing things, get confident with them, then we'll move to the next step. Um, it, everything takes time. There's no quick fix. And often one of the underlying um, reasons that people do have healing um experiences is not so much the supplements and the food it's the relationship with the practitioner and it's the permission to just take a load off and take the pressure off and just be real you know mm. so yep. that's yep. basically yeah what you i'm know, here for the the value of investing in time and space in you is a you know the big first step of of health <laughs> like and your health hence the <sighs> uh 10 minute walk or a 10 minute own time alone time and and the rest and i deeply recommend a chat a consult with the divine katie rainbird or at least find my home body on insta and get inspired by her amazing food dumps <laughs> but not food dumps. Dumps. <laughs> not dumps not food dumps not poo okay shall i cut that bit out i can't cut that bit out i don't think you We're should end. <laughs> now i love you katie love you Thank you, as always, incredible listeners for joining Katie and I here on the Summer Series. I'll be back next week with more inspirational chats about whatever comes up in any given moment. If you've enjoyed this podcast, pretty please review, download, share, spread the love to all the things that help more people live a life aligned to an oh-so-golden, sacred and incredibly vibrant life. Speak soon.